I don't think I would change it because I believe that every bad decision I made growing up and in my early 20s and my early 30s and every struggle I went through, every heartbreak I went through has been used by God to prepare me for who I am today. Hmm. In other words, I believe that nothing is wasted. I know some people despair and they go through really hard times in life and they think, well, I just, I can't, I, I, it's, I, I've gone too far, I've messed up, my life is over, I've wasted my best moments. No, maybe those moments had to happen to prepare you so you could become what you were meant to be regardless. You're listening to the Kniep and It Real Jodcast. This is your host, Seth Kniep. What is up, everybody? This is Seth Kniep, Kniep and It Real. I have Caleb Allen Stratton here with us today. Thank you so much for being with us today, Caleb. Oh, thank appreciate you so it. much. I appreciate the tea. Thank you. We, absolutely. This tea is from South Africa. I love it. Oh, it's so good. This is the Jogcast, and we are bringing content to you constantly every week. And the goal is very simple, that you can succeed in life, whether success means in relationships and money and building a business or whatever it is. That's why we cover a lot of topics. But I just hope that when you walk out of this podcast that you found some level of motivation to act on your dreams and to go for it. I had to get to a really destitute place before I ever acted on my dreams. And that's what it took to get fire into my butt and to set me on this mission of doubling a dime 20 times, which put me over $100,000. Today, we manage over 100 million in annual revenue on Amazon. If someone had asked me like, Seth, what does that feel like? Or what would that be like years ago? I, I would not even have known how to answer the question. And I don't say that arrogantly. We've fallen on our face so many times. So what we're going to do is today, Caleb and I are going to talk about how to prioritize your life. In other words, if you're struggling to figure out what are my top priorities? How do I set up my goals? You know, when it comes to health, my relationships, my money, my opportunity, my career, my work, whatever it is, how do I prioritize? Because guess what, guys? Life is short. I'm 43. How old are you, Caleb? I'm 21. 21. So I can tell you 43 comes like that. It's very, very quick. And so you want to use your time well. And the reality is we don't always have the time we need to do everything we want. So how do I decide what's the most important? Now, Caleb, he's going to ask the questions while we enjoy a cup of tea. Would you like some more? I would love some more. All right. English breakfast. Oh, mm, thank you. You're welcome. So I know you and I, we both think the same on a lot of things. Like we'll have a lot bunch of topics and we'll be like, wow, we can just keep on going and going and going. Yes. One facet in uh, how you and I are the same is that we both have a lot of interests. Yes. Like for me, I often find myself like there'll be one day where I'm just obsessed with jujitsu and martial arts and like I'll go home and then I'll start watching fights. I'll start thinking about moves. But then day two, all of a sudden I'm in like movie mode. Yeah. I'm thinking about movies. I want to watch films. I want to like go shoot something. Right. And, and it's just <laughs> not, not in that Hopefully way. not people. <laughs> I, I understand. <laughs> well, I guess we You're, could we're shoot in Texas. people. I get, oh, <laughs> oh okay, gotcha. <laughs> but yeah, you know, no, it, it's just, um, I just like, like if I were to write down everything that I was interested in, everything that I'd love to pursue, I would just have an enormous list of stuff. Like there's yeah. even things in my childhood, like when I was a little kid, I wanted to be like a comic book artist, yeah. but I just never had the time to indulge on it. And sometimes I think about that now, I'm like, man, I really want to get started in drawing. Yeah. But 
there's just not enough time in the day. Yeah. And I remember like there was there's one conversation that we had a long time ago where you're like, I hate sleep. I'm going to see how long I can go without sleeping. <laughs> and there's a whole video about it too. Every um, single night I cut off five minutes, five minutes, five minutes, five minutes. Let me just tell you guys, it didn't work. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, and, and I kind of want to ask you because I know that you've spent a tremendous amount of time figuring that out. Yeah. trying to balance that for yourself, trying to know where to prioritize stuff. And yeah. talking to you, it's clear that you have a lot of passions. There's a lot of things that you want to do. And of yes. course, you don't do them all nope. at the same time. Nope. What are all of your passions? Like list them all out. What sure. are you interested in? Absolutely. I want to learn Chinese, Chinese. talking about Mandarin, how to not just speak it, but write it. Mm. But I'm currently not working on that. I want to become a very good tap dancer. I used to be a professional tap dancer. I used to right. teach tap dancing, but currently I'm not working on that. I've many times wanted to just like get really big, like huge, which I know I can do, but that would take like two hours a day. And currently I'm staying fit, but I'm not huge. So I'm not working on that. Gotcha. Gotcha. Haven't There's you been skinny quite your whole a few life too? Huh? Haven't, you, haven't you been like skinny your whole oh, life yeah, too? Absolutely. Oh yeah, absolutely. Oh, okay. I oh see. yeah. I'm by nature a very skinny person. <laughs> That'd be hilarious to so see you just This is amazing for me. That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> There's more. I just have to think of them. Um, oh, I've thought about starting a software company but I'm currently not working on that. I've thought about becoming an angel investor, but I'm currently not doing that. I, I'll stop, there's a lot more. I thought about starting a TV show on real estate, currently not doing that. So there's a lot of things I would love to do, but I can't. This is such an open-ended question, but how mm -hmm. do you prioritize that? What do you, how do you decide what to do now? Like, do you ever look back and went, man, I wish instead of starting arbitrage, instead of doubling my dime, I wish instead I just doubled down on making movies instead of double down on tap dancing? I don't, hmm. I, I truly don't. And the reason for that is I believe that everything happens for a reason. In fact, a lot of people would say, well, Seth, what if you'd start as an entrepreneur earlier, like in your early twenties? Imagine how wealthy you'd be now. I didn't start, Caleb, till my mid thirties. Right. So I was like 15 years, 16 years older than you are today. Isn't that wow. crazy to think about? Wow, yeah. Like Time flies. Yes, it yeah. really does. And so. I don't think I would change it because I believe that every bad decision I made growing up in my early 20s and my early 30s and every struggle I went through, every heartbreak I went through has been used by God to prepare me for who I am today. Hmm. And I don't believe I would, at the risk of sounding proud, as good as I am at doing the things I do if I hadn't gone through those times. Hmm. In other words, I believe that nothing is wasted I know some people despair and they go through really hard times in life and they think, well, I just, I can't, I, I, it's, I, I've gone too far, I've messed up, my life is over, I've wasted my best moments. No, maybe those moments had to happen to prepare you so you could become what you were meant to be regardless. Like I wouldn't have gone around doubling my dime in my 20s. I, I would have said, shut up, that's stupid. Why would I do that? But I had to reach a point of desperation where I was willing to do that because I, in the back of my mind, I thought, Someday I'm gonna share this story with other people that a man with four kids and a wife struggling in his marriage, horrible at managing his finances, went out, with, went out with a dime, started talking to random people, asking them to double it and got it up to $400 and then used that to start selling an Amazon and grew that into a hundreds of millions of dollar company. Like that's crazy. I didn't imagine the company would, would be where it is today, but I don't think I would have done it if I hadn't gone through the heartbreak I had the years before. Hmm. So I, I think to answer your question, that's, my first answer. I can share more, but I'll stop. At a certain point in your career, I know that you sat back and you went, I am financially free. I'm making all the money that I ever need on Amazon. Yeah. I could just stop here and I could go into tap dancing and be okay. Yep. 
But instead, you turn that around and decided to start just one dime and coaching yeah. company, which which arguably you probably could have made even more money just yes. not doing that. Absolutely. And focusing on Amazon and Absolutely. or or just not doing that at all and yeah. then pursuing something else. So That's what a lot of people don't realize running a coaching company is harder than building an Amazon business hmm. because when people pay you $4,000, they're expecting you to change their life. And if for any reason they run into a problem and they're not satisfied, they tend to blame you for it. And so you have to address that. When someone buys an Amazon and they don't like the product, they just return it. Mm -hmm. It's $50, $80, $200. It's not a big deal. They don't know who you are. But when it's a coaching company and your face and your reputation is sort of there for the world to see, you're putting a lot at risk. So you're right. Before I ever started Just One Dime, if I just continue with real estate, just continue with selling an Amazon, I would probably have more money, to, I guarantee would have more money in the bank today than if we started Just One Dime. Because Just One Dime, even though it does well, it also consumes a lot of resources as well. Mm -hmm. And so to go back to your question, why? Why did I do that? And you know, right before we had this, this talk, I just wrote down a few thoughts, Kayla, because I, the way I come up with how to do things is first I do them. Then I reverse engineer and say, how did I do that? What did I do? All my YouTube videos have been from that. I first do it, I stumble, I figure it out. Then I go like, how did that work? Oh, that's how I did it and I outline it. And so this is what I'm gonna do for you right now. Hmm. There are three things generally that my mind goes through when I'm trying to decide how to prioritize my life. And what I love about this is it doesn't matter if you wanna be a coffee connoisseur roaster, if you wanna be a jujitsu What's the highest level you can get? I'm just oh, curious. You, there's, there's black belt, but all the way at the tippy top is grandmaster where you have a red belt okay. and you're like- A red old. belt grandmaster. Mm. Or maybe it's just, you wanna have a family and you wanna have a successful family. You wanna have, you wanna have kids that love people, that work hard, that are successful, you know, that succeed, that are healthy and, and a spouse who is the same and that you, you're in love with each other. Whatever your goals are, what I'm about to share applies to anyone. Mm. Whether you're as young as in high school or as old as in your 80s or 90s. There are three things that my mind goes through. And, and I think everyone actually does this subconsciously at some level. The first one is what are your core values? The second is what is your goal? And the third is what are your tactics? Now I'll break those down. By core values, I mean, what do you believe? This is where I get a little philosophical. I believe, <laughs> inceptionist, <laughs> that what you believe has a huge impact on how you operate when it comes to your goals. Simple example is, I believe that humans are eternal. I believe that humans live forever. I do believe in an afterlife, absolutely 100%. Therefore, that influences why Just One Dime was birthed. Because if I can help people find financial freedom, and I know the path to getting there is they have to take ownership for their mess ups and their hang ups, as well as their victories, they're not just going to have financial freedom. They're going to have more internal freedom. They're going to live a healthier, happier, more fulfilling life. I mean, we've had so many people say, I'm taking your training and I'm applying it to my marriage. And I'm not a marital counselor, but the principles are universal. Hmm. So the fact that people are eternal tells me if I can do something that directly helps people, I am going to be more fulfilled. And since I am one of those eternal people, and so is my wife, and so is my family, then by helping others, I can also help myself. This is why I believe in the concept, if you give, you receive. If you give, it comes back around and it blesses you. Mm -hmm. For the longest time, we did YouTube videos. We didn't have ads, we didn't make money. We just did YouTube videos to help people. 
Later on, it turned into a coaching company. That was not my plan from the beginning. Mm. I did it because my former um, direct report from Apple was embarrassing me, but I kept saying, hey, look at Seth's YouTube channel. Look how horrible it is. So I would start doing good videos. Those were like old videos from like 2014, 2013. He's like, you got to start doing good videos, man, because you're succeeding over here. You've got to show the world how you're doing this. That's how it started. It was sort of like a joke between us. And then finally he interviewed me and it just kind of exploded after that. I just got to bounce off of that. Yeah. Um, um, when you're saying like the principles apply to everything, uh, you're going to really like this. Mm -hmm. um, one of the biggest principles that I've been learning, not only with like you, but like the people that we've been talking to, like Kevin O'Leary, you know, Patrick Cupolari, Brett yeah. George, yeah. Um, is that whenever there's a problem, you don't run away from it. You learn from it and then you tackle it again. And if you fail again, you learn from that failure and you tackle it again and you just keep on doing it. Yeah. Whenever I started getting into jujitsu, it's an absolutely brutal sport. Like uh, there's this joke that goes around where it's an absolutely humbling experience. Cause like my professor said, yeah, we have buff guys, football players who'll come into the gym every single time. They have this huge ego, right. huge body. They think they they're going to throw everyone on the floor. Right. And then the guy that's in the back of the class, who's like 140 pounds, just <laughs> destroys them and annihilates them. And it's such a difficult sport. And I go into that class and I get my butt whooped yeah. so much. It's so difficult. But thinking about those principles, thinking what about every time I train, instead of just saying, oh, this is a failure, it's not worth it. Why am I even doing jujitsu? It's like, yeah. every time I lose, I'm learning what not to do next time. I'm getting a little bit stronger hmm. and I'm applying that method every single day and I can actually see an improvement happening. I had no idea that entrepreneurialism would help me in martial arts, but it's just crazy. It, yeah. it, it really does go full circle. You are suffering defeat so you can learn how to get stronger. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Like when someone puts you in some kind of grip, I'm not doing jujitsu, so I can tell you, they got you in a neck hold or something, you're feeling defeat. But that defeat is what makes you successful later on. You're mm -hmm. willing to be beat so you can later win. Mm -hmm. And I want mm -hmm. the world to know that. Yeah. I want the world to know it's okay to mess up. It is. When they did the sound check, they wanted to make sure I wouldn't talk too loud. There I go. Sorry, Josiah. <laughs> <laughs> We're destroying like, the microphone. It's okay to mess up. Yeah. It it's really okay is. to fail. That's where grace comes in. That goes back to another core value. Mm. If someone can accept grace, meaning unmerited favor, that, that you are still loved, that you are cared for, even when you mess up, like a father to a son, like, like a mother to a daughter, then you're comfortable. It doesn't mean you want to mess up, but you're comfortable getting back up again because your, your worth wasn't defined when you were on the ground. It was defined when you chose to get back up. Absolutely. I've heard lots of stories of people who've had very terrible pasts, very horrible pasts, but it's the stories and how they came up, the stories and how they pushed through it. The, the, yeah. the, one of my most favorite stories is a man named David Goggins. He broke the world's push-up record. He did uh, Navy SEALs Hell Week training. He did it three times in one year, which is an absolute record. And he's like one of the- it's so masochistic. Dude, dude, he's- <laughs> he's, he's like, I love pain. <laughs> he's an absolute legend, but you hear his back- uh, Everyone keeps telling him that he's just a freak, that he's like, like, I can't do what you're doing. Right. And, and he, he ran, I think, eight 100-mile marathons eight weekends in a row. That's insane. And people are like, I'm, I can't do what you do. And he says, no, you can. You don't know my childhood. And he shares, like, I've read his biography, autobiography. It yeah. is heartbreaking. Like, I was on the verge of tears. It's such hmm. a horrible story. Hmm. But you hear him, and he's like, I do the things because I'm afraid of doing them. I just, I just have the courage. I just don't stop. Yeah. And you, whenever you think you're at your hardest, you're only at like 40%. Hmm. There's so much further you can go. And that's who I am. And that goes back to belief. Because yeah. if you, if you're right, you're only at 40% what you can do. 
-hmm. So we stop, we put down the dumbbell, we mm -hmm. stop running, we mm -hmm. give up on the relationship, we go ahead and we, we give up on the diet, whatever we're trying to do. But wait, if I believed that I can do more, then I would do more. Mm -hmm. And that goes back to the core value, core values, what do I believe? So I think this is why people have to do a heart check and say, what are my core values? Because if I don't know my core values, I'm really gonna struggle living a meaningful life because everything's gonna flow out of those core. If I think we're just all here, part of this soup, and we're just kind of living here until we die and you either eat or get eaten, if that's my mentality, mm -hmm. then I'm probably gonna be kind of a jackass. I'm probably gonna take advantage of a lot of people mm -hmm. and manipulate them in an evil way for my purposes to serve me and I don't give a crap about their well-being. But that's another value right there. So that is going to impact my life and I'm probably gonna end up very empty at the end of my days. This is why when people say, you know, they call into just when I'm all the time, like, hey, they meet with one of our sales reps and say, I'm really interested in buying your membership or I'm interested in you building an Amazon store for me. The first question our representatives have been trained to ask is this, why? Well, because I wanna make a lot of money. No, that's not good enough. Why do you wanna make a lot of money? Well, what's the matter with wanting to make a lot of money? I'm like, I'm ready to pay. No, 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 we don't want your money. First, we want to know your motive. Because if I don't know your motive, I don't know if you're really qualified to do this. Hmm. And so they say, well, the reason I want a lot of money is because I like to retire young. Okay, why do you want to retire young? Why do you care? I care about your values. Why do you want to retire young? I like to spend more time with my children. See, that is more meaningful than money. But money gives you the freedom to do that. But if I don't ask the why, how am I ever going to prioritize my life? If my life is like, well, what do I like the most? Well, I like doing Chinese. As I told you earlier, each evening I'm working on Duolingo and I'm learning Spanish. I'm relearning it. I'm doing it for a reason, not so I can say, hey, Caleb, como estás, amigo? <laughs> you know, mucho gusto, Like, it's not so I can show off. It's because my wife's learning it. She's been working on it for over a year now. She feels like she's reached a plateau. I'm very good at languages, so I want to come in and help, but also, we have properties in South and Central America where most people speak Spanish. Oh. And a lot of our just one dime communities in Spanish. So mm -hmm. why not add on the ability to speak in a language that honors them and it's fun and it's good for the brain? See what I mean? We're planning on living mm -hmm. in either Mexico or Guatemala for several months. And all we'll do when we're there is work on Amazon, work in just one dime and learn Spanish. So you mm -hmm. see how it's not just to have that on my resume. There's a value, it's relational with my wife. It's meaningful with people with just one dime. We have to know our values. And once we know our values, then we create our goals. And once we know our goals, then we create the tactical plan to get there. Hmm. So you ask your why, you understand what you want, you understand what you need to be fulfilled. Right. But let's say you still walk out with a pretty big list of things. Yeah. Is there anything else that you do to distill that down <laughs> and, and to pinpoint? This is the problem with people who are very are high on the prospect chart for the MBTI, which I know you are, <laughs> yeah. and I so happen to be as well. You're mm. like this kid at the buffet and there's so much food, but your stomach is only so big. Mm. There's so much to do in this world, but your life is only so long. You have only have so many hours in the day before you have to hit the pillow and go to sleep again. Mm -hmm. So this brings to the next step. If I know my core value, then I know the ROI when I act out on that value. Hmm. The, the return on your investment yes. in the future. Okay. So for example, if I know that by helping someone learn how to build a business can help me grow as I teach them, it also helps me to get paid, which gives me margin with my family. It also helps them to start making money, which creates margin for them and their family. That's a much bigger ROI right now 
than me working on my tap dancing skills. Mm. Now, is there an ROI in tap dancing? Of course, but it just doesn't have the same return investment right now. Now for someone else, the tap dancing might be a much bigger ROI for them than for me. I'm not mm. saying helping someone learn how to build a successful business is more important than learning how to tap dance. I'm saying for me in my situation, it's a bigger ROI, but mm. that goes back to my values. If people are eternal, if people matter, then why not do something that blesses them and blesses you and your family at the same time and everybody wins? Mm. Okay. Let me ask you a question. I know yes. you interview, but I wanna ask, why do you do jujitsu? This is a really great question. I think, um, well, one is there's a familiarity with it. Whenever I was in middle school, I did a little bit of karate, mostly because I didn't want to take PE. Right. And the alternate option was karate, but I ended up really, really loving it. There's something about mastering your own body and learning it, like through mm. executing moves, through learning how to punch and kick properly. Yeah. But also there was a bit of a fire whenever uh, we got to compete in point sparring and also in uh, kata competition where you do almost like a dance, a martial art dance, and mm. you would see how well you could perfect it and pull it off. And mm. it's been a while since I did anything like that. And I thought about that and I really wanted to do it. And there's something about going into a place where you are the bottom of the barrel, you are outnumbered in every regard. Doesn't matter what skills you walk into. Doesn't matter if you've power lifted a lot, you're going to be on the bottom of the totem pole Yeah, and you have to have humility. You have to go in and you have to think and you have to apply training. You can't just win every fight with brute strength. Hmm. You have to actually think about it. You have to actually apply it. Hmm. And it's like going through that process of being on the bottom, but being okay with that, being okay with failure, learning how to be uncomfortable. Yeah. Whenever we full train, whenever we roll with another partner, mm -hmm. it's like six minutes. It's very common for us to have like six rounds of six minutes wow. and our coach will turn off the AC. So it's like 95 <laughs> degrees in like there. It's so hot and it's just, it's, it's going forward and forward and forward, but there's yeah. something about not being afraid to be in that situation, but yeah. actually enjoying it. That just helps every other aspect of my life because mm -hmm. there's going to be things a lot worse than jujitsu that are going to happen to me going forward, you know? And, yeah. and if I'm okay with that, if I'm okay mm. with someone trying to kill me for six minutes while it's 94 degrees, I feel like I can take on other things. Yeah. So you know what's cool about this? You illustrated something so powerful. I don't want people to get the impression that every time we have a goal, it always has to have some kind of altruistic motive attached to it, mm -hmm. where it's directly helping someone else. Mm -hmm. We have to help ourselves because we can only be there for other people as much as we are there for ourselves. That's why every morning I have 45 minutes to pray, read the word, go on a walk, listen, meditate, write, whatever I need to do to take care of my heart. That has nothing to do with you, Josiah, my wife, anyone else. Mm -hmm. That's me taking care of me. Mm -hmm. But then when I'm here, my heart is full. So when I say, mm -hmm. how are you doing, Caleb? It's coming from a heart that's already full. Mm -hmm. See what I mean? And if mm -hmm. we approach people with a full heart, from a full heart, instead of for a full heart, that eradicates codependency and it creates healthy relationships because we took the time to invest in ourselves. One of the biggest churning moments for me and my wife is when we were really going through struggles is we had to start taking ownership for our own struggles. We had to get to a point where we said, my problems are my problems, yours are yours, and I can't blame my problems on you and vice versa. We are two people who need to become healthy people. Mm -hmm. That's what you're doing in jujitsu. But the mm -hmm. cool thing is it will serve other people mm -hmm. because the more you're aware of your body and its strengths and weaknesses and your confidence grows, 
you just by osmosis, man, you're going to start helping other people. Even these podcasts, mm -hmm. you're mm -hmm. helping people by sharing this. Right. That's the beauty of prioritization. So let me go back to the three things, your original question, how to prioritize your life. The first thing is a look at the core values. Like, what do I really believe about life? This is really philosophical. This mm -hmm. might not even be comfortable. Some people are like, well, I don't know. Well, it's okay. Give yourself time, right? But you got to believe something. I mean, if you have a little puppy and someone comes along and kicks your puppy and you get angry, that just showed me a core value. You value the life of a dog. That's a core value. See what I mean? Yes. There's just people I follow on Instagram. Yes. All they do is they go out and they rescue animals. That's a core value to them. Therefore, they get satisfaction out of that. You see? Mm -hmm. So the first thing is my core value. What do I believe? The second is my goal. What do I want to accomplish? So for jujitsu, let me ask you, what do you want to accomplish? Um, th there's two big things. One is literally, I'd love to get to a spot where I can have a black belt. Now in jujitsu, it's not about climbing ranks. Like uh, one of the things that I always hear higher belts give to w wider belts is saying, stop going in trying to get your next belt hmm. because there's no consistency with it. And if you keep hunting belts, you're not focusing on technique. You're not focusing on yourself. Hmm. And so I'm going into jujitsu not to do that, but that's something that I'd love to get. That's it's still a good goal to aspire to, but you're <laughs> going to focus on technique. I'm absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. It's, it's like that's almost good. getting your doctorate in, right. in, in kicking butt. But I, uh, <laughs> I think another thing that would be very special to me is being it, like, I really love teaching. I really love, like I have that caring trait where I really want to give back to others. Mm -hmm. If I had enough knowledge where I could teach a class to other people mm -hmm. and help them in some way, whether that's a class of like 30 year olds or a class of like little kids, but teaching them how to be more comfortable with their body, yeah. that would be very fulfilling to me. That's powerful. Right now, I just don't know enough to do that. And yeah. I would love to have the skill to be able to do that. Yeah, that's powerful. So what you're doing is you're taking what's helping you and you're bringing the value to a whole other level by passing it on to other people. That's yeah. really powerful. That's a goal. Mm -hmm. That's a goal. So one of my goals is to learn Spanish so that I can live in any Spanish speaking country and comfortably order um, mi gustaría un café con leche de avenida. It says, may I have a cup of coffee uh, with milk that is of coconut. Basically I'm ordering a coconut milk, I mean a, an oat milk uh, latte. That's awesome. I want to be comfortable in any country with just conversational Spanish. That's a goal for me. Mm. Okay, so we mm -hmm. started with the value. I shared okay. that already. Now the goal is that I can go to a country and live there easily and communicate with the locals. Mm. I, I, I do get a sense of just happiness. So when I people see me, this gringo white dude, and I can speak Spanish, like they feel respected by that. that I can just tell. But even when I'm trying to learn their Spanish, they like that we're taking the time to learn their language. And that's satisfying to me. And that brings me to the third, and that is tactics. How do I get there? So we started with the values. These are timeless principles. Then we move to the goal, such as in your example, you would like to get a black belt, but even more, you want to be able to teach others and help them, leveraging a gift that God gave you. And then now we move to tactics. How do I get there? Well, each evening, I literally, before I go to sleep, I'm laying in bed, I'm holding my phone, and I'm on Duolingo going through the training. Mm. that's tactical. Mm -hmm. And eventually mm -hmm. I'll go back to Mexico and or Guatemala and I'll practice it there. Eventually I'll get a tutor. So I have to have specific things I do because the, the core value and the goal mean nothing unless you have a tactic on how to get there. Mm. What's your tactic for your goals with jujitsu? Um, uh, there's, there's one broad one and there's one that's a little bit more specific. The broad one is just show up as much as I can, like be mm -hmm. an information sponge. If there's a day where I can't attend jujitsu for whatever it is, whatever shows up in my life, 
can I maybe just even spend 15 minutes maybe just looking at fights or watching a video on YouTube tutorial so it's always in the back of my brain so I'm always I'm always in jujitsu mode yes Um, but the second thing is practically whenever I'm on those mats whenever I'm training with someone instead of me like okay six minute timer hits off instead of me just fighting for six minutes what did I learn today Hmm. what did we learn in class or what's something that I've been really bad at that I know I need to improve yeah for the next six minutes, let me just try to get that. So, for example, uh, for the long, for I think I've been training for about maybe two months. Mm-hmm. So, for the first month, I haven't been able to tap anyone out or get anyone into a hold or anything like that. And that's because I just had the mindset of let me just go and just do whatever. Right. And then the one day I said, you know what, I'm going to stop doing this. I need to work on this one technique. Hmm. It's a technique where you get on top of someone, wrap your legs around them, and choke them with your legs. Hmm. And I was like, okay, I've practiced this move let me just roll with this one opponent for six minutes and let me try to do nothing but that move. Let me try to get into this position. Let me try to pull it off. Doesn't it matter what happens. one focus. Exactly. Yeah. And I actually managed to do it the Job. moment that that was on my mind. And That's I went, impressive. whoa, <laughs> it's, it's, I didn't it's realize. It's so satisfying, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. I didn't realize that, that the moment you actually had an aim right. and you're working towards that, then you're, you can actually accomplish something. You see how satisfying that is? If more people mm-hmm. would please understand this concept, you were probably like elated. I did it. Oh, I was. But your mind yeah. wasn't on all the problems we have. You weren't complaining. You weren't whining. You weren't blaming. You were focusing on mastering a skill. Mm-hmm. Like that's what we were meant to do, to focus on producing and creating and helping and growing. That's life. Mm-hmm. One thing I want to share before we wrap this up, it is still difficult for many of us. I know it is for me, maybe for you, that... I don't have more time to do more things. Yes. But I've accepted the reality, I I just can't, at least not in this life. But every time I say yes to one thing, I have to say no to something else. Mm-hmm. So if on my calendar, boom, there's my spot for studying Spanish, that means I have to say no to reading that fiction book I wanted to read before I went to sleep. See? Right, right. It's and I think we have to realize it's life is like this. We have so many goodness, so many good things to pick from. It's like, I got this good thing and I got this good thing and I got this good thing. And the cool thing is I have freedom to choose. I can't do all of them, mm-hmm. but instead of complaining about, man, how come I don't have time to do everything I want? Thank God that all these things aren't bad options and I have to pick, well, this is the least evil, so I'll go with this one. See what I mean? <laughs> At least there's more good things to do than we have time for. And we actually get to pick the best. Right. Which in this case is Tony Glass Collection T. They're not even a sponsor of this program. I just gave them free advertising. <laughs> it's so good. It's it's really natural. I love Any it. words you want to close this off with? This has been a great conversation, Caleb. No, no. But if if I may ask one last question, though. Yeah. It's been on my mind ever since you talked about it. Balancing between yourself and others. Of course, you need to have a full heart. Yeah. But uh, this goes back to my values. I don't know if everyone else believes this, but I think there's you need to give back to some way, to someone, because you're going through experiences that someone else needs to hear. Someone yes. needs to hear your story. Someone yes. needs to hear what you've learned. Yeah. Where do you find the balance? Because I've witnessed people who try to give out too much, but then they are empty inside yeah. and they're neglecting themselves. And then it ends up spilling onto other people inadvertently. Yeah. But I've also seen the opposite where someone's focusing on themselves too much that they become totally self-centered, narcissistic. Self-centered. Exactly. So how do you balance that? Is there a switch that you feel? Is it, do you have a checklist? What do you do? Yeah, such a great question. Here's something I think a lot of people don't realize. I'll take myself, okay? Pretend this is me. If I am so focused my entire life on just making my wife happy, 
or just making sure my kids are okay or just making sure my staff are good or our investors are good. If my life is consumed by that, that's an indication. It might seem really loving and service oriented, but it's probably not as service oriented as one might think. It's probably because there are broken places inside of me and I'm trying to fix them by focusing on someone else. This happened in my marriage where I was so obsessed about making sure my wife's happy and she was so obsessed about making sure I'm happy. That's the definition of a codependent relationship. And by the way, this applies to, mm-hmm. to anyone. You, don't, you could be married, divorced, have a widow, be a widow or a widower, it doesn't matter. The issue is I'm trying to fix hurt places in me from my childhood and my own bad decisions by focusing on someone else, almost like an eclipse to my pain. Mm-hmm. And I think once we realize that, I'm not saying it's all selfish, that's not my point. There are some amazing people in this world who give and give and give and give until they're dead. They're amazing. But I think this is often missed, that if there are hurt places inside of me that I'm not willing to take care of, I'm gonna live my life exhausting myself for other people because I didn't take the time to look in the mirror and say, wait, Seth, what's wrong on the inside? What needs healing? What needs forgiveness? What needs change first? then the balance will come naturally. Simple example, every morning, almost every morning, I go on a walk with Josiah, business partner, son with Just One Dime. And we'll, we'll walk, you know, behind the building, we'll go down that street with Dakota and we spend that time listening to God, talking, praying, and just sharing ideas. When I come back, my heart feels lighter and just by nature, I'm like, hey, Jay, how was your day going? Josiah and I were talking about this idea. What do you think? It's like, you don't have to try to make sure you're giving back because if your heart is full with the right motive, it's like having a cup full of goodness and if someone bumps it, it's going to spill over. Does that make Mm, sense? Yes. It's more of a natural outflow. I think oftentimes people artificially try to make sure they're giving back because it's driven by guilt. And that goes back to, do I actually accept grace that I'm loved no matter what I'm doing, good or bad? And if I can start there, then when I'm serving people, it's coming from a heart that is full, not from a heart that is looking for fullness mm-hmm. from the people I'm serving. Mm-hmm. Thank you. I know exactly what you're talking about. Like, like I've felt that in my life too. Like there was a long point where like I definitely felt empty yeah. and I noticed that it was starting to affect other people. And I was like, yeah. wait, I, I just, going back to that caregiver personality, it's like, I want to genuinely do good stuff but it is at a certain point where you're just stretching yourself way too thin. Yep. So I had to step back, I had to give myself grace and I had to say, okay, I need to actually work on myself and I have to say no to things and I don't like saying no to things sure. and stepping back. And then now that as I began to fill up my heart and go back, I'm like, wow, I actually feel different. Yes. The giving feels authentic and it feels yes. like I can actually give. It doesn't yeah. feel like I'm dragging myself through mud to give. Right. It feels like I'm able to to run. Totally. You know? And it's perfectly okay if there's a season in one's life where they do have to focus on themselves almost exclusively because they've been through something traumatic. That's perfectly okay mm-hmm. until they're at a point where now they're able to give back more. Mm-hmm. It's been a great conversation, Caleb. Hey, thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Yeah, thanks it. for coming into the Jogcast room. I hope you guys were encouraged by this a lot. I know we got a little philosophical there, but I love philosophy. <laughs> By the way, if you are listening right now and you'd like to hear more episodes like this or on any particular topic, if you're watching on YouTube, would you comment below and tell us what's a topic you would love for myself or myself and Caleb to cover in the future, whether it's super business practical or more philosophical motivational like this, what's something you would love to hear? Second, if you want more information like this, just 
freaking free content coming out almost every day now, go to jod.com, stands for just one dime, and hope you have a very awesome day.